Welcome back to Parked Car Convos. I'm Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is literally my podcast, so who else is going to host it? Happy freaking Monday. I hope your week is off to a phenomenal start. My wish for you is that you hear my voice and it somehow alters your brain chemistry and has you thinking, you know what? This will be a phenomenal week. And I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think my voice having a massive effect on your brain chemistry is too much to ask at this point. Um, I know a lot of people in the U.S. probably actually have today off. Uh, So if that's the case, I hope you're enjoying your long weekend. I hope you're spending time with people you love or that you're just laying in bed and getting some rest and relaxing. Or maybe you're doing some fun fall activities. I don't know. Because that's honestly your business, how you how you spend your free time. Um, and I also suspect that because it's a long weekend for many people, you might be listening to this on Tuesday. And that's crazy of you. That's so outlandish. Happy Tuesday. Imagine I just walk through every single day of the week. God, that's exhausting. I'm tired of just thinking about it. But anyways, today's episode is technically going to be a listener write-in episode just because... I had seen that a lot of people had written in since the last time I did an episode and I'm trying to stay up to date with it. But here's the thing. And the thing is this, I have so many other things that I want to talk about. And I've realized that recently since I introduced 362 segments that I wanted to have every single episode that I end up talking for like 20 minutes before I even get to the point, which to speak my truth is my passion. I love not getting to the point. I love it. here at the at Park Tour Convos, this is truly about the journey and not about the destination. I almost said it backwards and wow, <laughs> I would have just blown up this whole thing. No, but it really is about the journey here. And I saw one comment somewhere that says in my podcast that I don't get to the point. Thank you so much for noticing. No, why would I do that? And why would I, if I have a lot to say, and this is my podcast where, and I'm literally supposed to sit here and just speak, guess what I'm, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to speak on it. Okay. So my point is, is it's going to be like half of me just talking and then half listener write in literally just like every other episode. Okay. I hope that's okay with, with you guys. And I hope you, I think most, the vast majority of you are able to appreciate this kind of roller coaster that we kind of go on every single week. And I love that. I love that for us. Um, also a fun little reminder, a few, I guess a few reminders, a few little housekeeping items. Uh, first and foremost, the podcast now has over 400 ratings on Spotify and that is so freaking cool. So just my weekly reminder that if you haven't rated the podcast, you can do that on Spotify or on Apple podcasts and on Apple podcasts, you have the unique opportunity to just kind of sing my praises in the form of a written review and thank you so much. Those mean the world to me. Can't stress that enough. If you're thinking, Hey Maddie, literally shut up. I've already done both of those things. Here's something, here's another outlet that you can just support me. And I would be so eternally grateful. Um, maybe just text your friend and say, Hey, you know what? If you're looking for a new podcast, this girl, this, this is the one right here, parked car combos. Um, or maybe you could post on your story, your favorite episode and say, Oh my God, this is my favorite podcast or something to that effect. You can be more creative. I have so much faith in you, but yeah, any way that you are able to support the podcast means so much. And I, I hope you know that really, truly that is coming from my heart of hearts. It's coming from the deep depths of my heart. Um, and then the second thing is make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram specifically this week. If you've heard me say this every single week and you still haven't followed the podcast on Instagram for whatever reason, 
that's fine. Okay. But I implore you this week in particular to follow the podcast because I had posted on the podcast Instagram story last week asking what episode ideas you wanted, like what, what you wanted me to talk about. And I got a lot of ideas for different like themed episodes. Like, um, I've already done an episode about bad roommates, but I had had a couple people suggest a part two to that, a part two to horrible, like working stories, like in retail jobs or in an office job. Um, and also Halloween's coming up. So I wanted to do kind of like a spooky story episode, which I've already talked about all of my spooky stories, all of my spooky encounters. Um, that was in, that was two years ago. So you can go listen to that episode, but here's the thing. I wanted to do more of those. And I think in the past I've sourced mostly from Reddit and I would love to hear from you guys. And I know I have the link for like the listener write-ins. Um, and that's just kind of all encompassing and it can be anything, but I'm going to set up a few more Google forms that are specifically for spooky stories, specifically for, you know, horrible roommate stories. And I would love for you guys to write in as always, it's anonymous, but I'll be posting those links on my Instagram story on the podcast, Instagram story. Um, this week as you're listening to this. So make sure you're following there so you can go and access those links so you can participate in the episodes. I'm so excited because I love doing these kinds of episodes and I'm excited to do more specific themed ones. So that being said, go follow the podcast on Instagram so you can stay in the loop. And also I have accidentally kind of made the podcast Instagram sort of like a close friend's Instagram story because there's like certain things that I talk about on the podcast that I don't really talk about like on TikTok or on Instagram. But since I know that you guys on the podcast, Instagram obviously are all listening to the podcast, I feel like it is a safe space, which is probably inevitably going to lead to my demise somehow. But as of right now, it's just great because I feel like we're all in the same wavelength and I just kind of love that for us. So yeah, so you should definitely go follow the podcast Instagram. Um, we're going to circle back on this point in a few minutes. But first, let's dive into peak and valley of the week. My peak of the week is that the leaves are changing. And it's definitely, I mean, unfortunately, this week, the weather was abnormally warm, um, which wasn't really the vibe because I just wanted to be kind of like cute and cozy. But instead, I was like cute and sweaty, which was not the vibe that I was aiming for, but the leaves are turning and it's definitely starting to feel more like fall. I also weirdly have been getting so into the Christmas spirit. Literally don't ask. I don't know where that came from, but I just love this time of year because I think from like October. So, so yeah, so where we are right now up until the end of the year is just like such an amazing kind of immaculate vibe that I'm chasing the entire rest of the year. Um, and then I think after that, once we hit January, that's when I become kind of just like depressed because it's winter and it's cold and it's gross out and it's so dark all the time. But like from now until the end of the year, it's like, it's, it's cold and kind of gross and in wintry, but in a good, in a good and fun way. Um, I did have actually, you know, another peak of the week. I made this delicious pasta on, Saturday night my parents went out and I it was cold and rainy and so fall and I thought to myself I need to make myself a delicious pasta dish and I did it was so good it was like goat cheese and um tomatoes and I made it into like a nice little sauce and then I made this really good pasta it was just 
it was kind of everything. And I made this drink that I was obsessed with this drink all last fall. And this is my first time making it again this year, which is so exciting because it's I forgot how good it is. I love rediscovering things that you kind of forgot about that are amazing. Um, but it's essentially apple cider. Okay, so yum. And then caramel vodka. Now I get the kind I get Smirnoff. It's like kissed caramel is what it's called. I'm sure other brands make maybe I actually don't know how popular caramel vodka is but that's what I use and it's amazing because it tastes like a caramel apple um and I also because I think I originally discovered the caramel vodka because I was making an apple sangria which was like apple cider white wine the caramel vodka and maybe something else but um then it just became apple cider and the caramel vodka was like my go-to I've also seen it you can add like prosecco into it to make it kind of like a apple cider mimosa which is fun but you need to try that drink if you are legally allowed to do so because it is truly so amazing and it tastes like fall so I made one of those and I was eating my pasta and it was just like a phenomenal cozy cozy vibe night Okay, Valley of the Week. I have been in the weirdest funk for the last week or so. I don't know what it is. I think part of it is because when I was like sick and then I was away, I was just like so out of a routine and I'm having a really hard time getting back into a routine. But I also am just like so anxious for some reason, um, more so than usual, unfortunately. And I also haven't had therapy in a few weeks because my therapist is... She's in the process of moving right now. So she's like out of office for a couple weeks and I am just like spiraling. I also can't sleep. I've been sleeping so poorly and that isn't helping. Um, I keep like waking up in the middle of the night and then just like having wretched thoughts that keep me awake for the remainder of the night, which is so, so, so fun. Um, Yeah, so that's been absolutely brutal and there's quite literally nothing I can do to fix it. Awesome. Um, on that note, <laughs> on that note, let's get into Pass the Ox Song of the Week. This week, well, really just starting today because it came out today as I'm recording this, is um, She Calls Me Back by Noah Khan featuring Casey Musgraves. So good. That song is so good. It was always one of my favorites when he first came out with the album. Um and I feel like a lot of people don't like it because it's like way more upbeat than his usual songs, but I've always liked it and it sounds so good with Casey in it. So 10 out of 10 would recommend checking out that song. Okay. For this week's traffic report, I wanted to dive into a little bit of what's been happening this season on love is blind. Now wait, because I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, spoilers or, Oh my God, I don't care about this show. If you haven't watched the show, don't worry because I'll walk you through it. It's very, it's very easy to understand and it is so entertaining. I promise even if you don't watch the show, you will find the story entertaining. Um, and if you're worried about spoilers, don't worry. This is only from the first two days of releases because I'm recording this on Friday, October 6th and I haven't watched the new episodes that just came out. So this is only about like the first five episodes, right? Is that how many came out? No like seven episodes. I don't, they released so many episodes right off the bat, which is iconic of them. But so there shouldn't be any spoilers if you've caught up on the first two weeks of it is what I'm getting at. Um, okay. So essentially if you haven't watched Love is Mind or you're unfamiliar with the concept of it, very, very high level kind of overview is there's 
they're separated into the girls and the boys, right? And then they go into these pods. And in the pods, there's like a wall in between them. So they can't see each other. They can just hear each other. And so when the experiment starts, all of the girls go through and they meet all of the boys and they start to see which ones they like. And then they go back and they start getting to know each other better. And then essentially they either get engaged in the pods or they don't they simply don't find love and then they go home. But if they do get engaged, which is like the ultimate end goal, then they get to meet each other and see each other in real life for the first time. And that's like this whole big reveal. And they like all of a sudden the doors open and they like run to each other. And it's so, it always is so disappointing (laughs) for, for literally everyone involved. It's like so awkward and, and, I the concept of that show actually gives me hives if I'm speaking my truth like the thought of being on it but that's essentially what it is and then they end up going on a little trip to Mexico together and then they meet up with the other couples that are there and then the show puts them up in um, apartments where they live together back in the city that they're from and they end up going to work and just resuming their daily lives but now they're like engaged and living together and then the show ends with them at their weddings and it's like this whole big will they say yes will they say no you get it. So this season has been so fucking insane. And what I really want to talk about is this one couple in particular, Taylor and JP. Now in the pods, they were very like cute and wholesome. They seem to get along really, really well. Um, To address the elephant in the room, JP is, he's a firefighter and he, they like mentioned it a few times in the pods that he just like loves America. He loves the flag and he loves wearing red, white, and blue. And it just like got progressively so, so much worse throughout the show. At one point he's sitting in the pods just by himself, like on the couch. And he just has an American flag laying next to him on like a pillow. What? All of his clothes are red, white, and blue. And they, there's a lot of like American flag printed shirts. Like he owns a pair of shorts that have like stars and stripes. Like Every single thing he has has stars or stripes or just the color palette of red, white, and blue to the point where it's like, this is so genuinely so strange because there's being patriotic and then there's being a bald eagle and he unfortunately is being the latter. And I'm so, I'm so confused by him. I also went on his Instagram to stalk it recently and he, he posted his friends must have thrown him a surprise party for his 30th birthday. And he was like, nothing like a surprise America party. As if America is a common theme for a part. What? What? I, it's so bizarre. And I was saying to my friends, I was like, this level of obsession would be weird if it was anything. If it was a sports team, this level of obsession would be like, okay, you're a little crazy. Like any, any normal thing that people would be obsessed about Um, this level of it would just be, would make it so much weirder. So, cause it's like, I think of things that I love, right? I love Taylor Swift. Not every single article of clothing I have features something in regards to Taylor Swift. And dare I say, most, most diehard Swifties don't have an entire wardrobe that is dedicated. Like that's just so strange. It's so strange. It's like a level of obsession that really should be studied by scientists if I'm speaking my truth. So that was like one thing right off the bat that we're kind of like, okay, who literally, who is this man? But like I said, in the pods, they got along really well. They were really, they seemed to really like each other. It was cute. 
fun, great. When they met each other, when they had their reveal, so he proposes to her, they have their reveal. It was so painfully uncomfortable. And this show, Love is Blind as a whole, for me personally, is a show where at so many times it is genuinely hard to watch. Like it's, it makes me so like I get such bad secondhand embarrassment that I'm like, ew, I like have to close my eyes. And during their reveal, I was, I was scared. I was literally scared because Taylor is like, she's so sweet. She's so bubbly. And she's also like, she's really, really pretty. And so it's like, he should have been happy. Like there's no, there shouldn't have been any of this. Like, cause I'm thinking you're in the pods. You're thinking, Oh my God, what if this person is literally so ugly and I'm not attracted to them? And she is like so objectively gorgeous. She's just like this cute little blonde girl and he gets out and he sees her. And so then it's like, okay, maybe she's so pretty that he's like nervous. Like, and the whole situation, sure, obviously is going to be uncomfortable, but he made it so weird. He made it so, so, so weird. And he's like not speaking. He's like smiling and like but and like looking at her but she's doing all the talking which is so like already a weird situation why are you mute like you have to speak that that's making this so much more uncomfortable and now keep in mind at these reveals both parties get like dressed to the nines like the guys are always dressed in like a suit and like they spend a lot of time getting ready the girls obviously hair makeup done like wearing really pretty dresses like because you want to look your best for meeting supposedly the love of your life and your future spouse for the first time, obviously. So she's wearing makeup and he at one point says to, or she says to him, cause she's wearing fake eyelashes, which if you know me, like this is really, this is inherently triggering. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Don't worry. But like, not really. He, she says something to him about like, um, cause obviously they're looking at each other and like taking in each other's appearance for the first time. And she's like, Oh, like, do you like the way I look or like she says something like that and then she's like um do you like my lashes like guess what they're fake and she's like making a joke about them and he's like oh yeah they're they're like kind of a lot or he makes some comment about how he hates her fake eyelashes and let me just say as a fake eyelash girly they're not bad because I I know that a lot of fake eyelashes look over the top hers really didn't and like she was just trying to like look like I said look nice like she did her makeup she got all glam so she could meet him for the first time but he makes some comment about it which right away if you are meeting your future husband for the first time and he immediately makes a comment about how your two your eyelashes are too big and like they're kind of like you like uh no immediately no so then the next time we see them they're in Mexico and this is always kind of like a will they make it or won't they? Because they're, you know, sharing a space for the first time. And now they're with each other 24 seven. Whereas in the pods, they would like go in and talk to each other for hours, but not see each other. And then not like, then they would go their separate ways. But now they're cohabitating on a trip and being filmed the entire time, which is like, oh my God, the thought of that again, gives me hives. Their entire time in Mexico, JP is not saying a word. I can't stress that enough. It is so physically uncomfortable to witness. And she's trying to talk to him like she's being a normal person. Like she's asking him questions. She's like, and he will just like nod or give like one word answers. And he's like smiling. Like he's trying to like look happy, but then he like won't talk. And then she's like in her confessionals and she's like, this is so awkward. I don't know why he's not speaking to me. Like I'm so uncomfortable. And 
she's like, he keeps saying like, oh no, you just talk and like, I'll listen. And she's like, this is a, like, if we're going to be in a relationship, you need to speak to me. Like, I can't just always be the one talking. That's not how this works. And she's just like visibly so uncomfortable and awkward because he's giving her nothing to, literally nothing to work with. And then they end up going to meet up with the other couples at one point. And the other two couples are like super into each other. They're like vibing. They clearly have been like getting along really well. They're, you know, talking nonstop, like have really good chemistry. And at this point, Taylor's like, okay, we're clearly not where we should be. Like there's something clearly wrong here. And she also... I feel like a lot of the times they like don't bring it up and they just like beat her on the bush. She kept bringing this up to him and being like, this is so weird. I don't know why this is so weird. Like we had such good chemistry in the pods and now like you literally will not speak to me. Like she kept bringing it up and every time she did, he like wouldn't speak. And then he would be like, please just like don't give up on me. Um, how about you try actually voicing? Like, how about you try speaking and then we can, we can talk from there. What does that mean? Don't give up. Like, what does that mean? the audacity anyways after she sees the other couples and she's like okay we're this clearly isn't what it's supposed to be because she's seeing that other people are like doing fine and actually enjoying each other's company they go back to the room and she's like okay like we need to have a serious conversation because you're not speaking to me and this is so uncomfortable and like I just don't understand what has changed and this is where he becomes to me public enemy number one he is First of all, he clearly has no fucking idea what to say because there's almost nothing that can justify being mute for several days. Like it's because it's just gone too far at this point. And bear in mind, the entire time they've been in Mexico, she has not been wearing makeup because they're like on a beach vacation. Right. And he says to her essentially that the, the reason that he's been so weird is because when they first met, she was wearing makeup. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, um, really quick, what the fuck does that have to do with actually anything? With actually anything? She's like, what? And she's so visible, like, she's so confused. She's so confused. She's like, I I wore makeup on our reveal because I wanted to look nice and I wanted to look good for you. And then I haven't worn makeup since. Like, she's like, I haven't been wearing makeup the last three days. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I just don't know how I can trust you if the first time I meet you, you have like a full face of makeup on. It's just like gross. He says that when he first saw her with makeup, he was like, shoot, like, is this an everyday thing? Like, is this going to be something I have to deal with? Deal with? What do you mean? Will you have to, how would you have to deal with, how would you personally have to deal with this? What is that even, I'm so confused by how he's inferring this would affect him in any way, shape or form. Like, I'm so confused by it. And he, he says to her that that is essentially what started the entire awkwardness is her wearing makeup. So it's just his way of blaming everything on her because he can't take accountability for anything. And he's like, that's what started this whole awkwardness was you wearing makeup. Like it's your fault essentially that I'm being awkward, not mine. And he's saying that he just felt like she was fake when he saw her for the first time and she's wearing makeup. Like nothing he said made any sense and then he's like I just think you should stop wearing makeup like you should never wear makeup and she's like uh, which again doesn't make sense because she hadn't been wearing it for the past three days so it's like it's not like this is something that she has become so obsessive with in your presence that she's like always has to be wearing makeup to the point where it's like actually causing some like that has not he's just he's 
oh my God, I hate that man. I literally hate that man so much. And then they end up breaking up in Mexico. Um, and good for her, by the way, because she really was not letting him walk all over her or like be controlling. Um, but yeah, that, that couple and to think that they were actually apparently out of all of the couples, one of the best (laughs) at one point is like so sad. Um, but yeah, this season has been an absolute shit show so far and it's not even over. So I highly recommend Love is Blind season five. If you are interested even a little bit, I promise it'll be worth it. Um, okay. The last thing I want to talk about before we dive in to listen to write-ins is something that I had posted on my close friend story, AKA my podcast Instagram story. And it's something that I had touched on last week where last week I told you guys that I was really trying to be the bigger person and I'm trying to like not give annoying, stupid, mean people the time of day because it's not worth it. And I know that. And I know that. And you you heard me do this whole spiel last week. And then I posted on the podcast Instagram story, story earlier this week. I said, the universe is testing me. Um, it's really saying, can you be the bigger person? Yes or no. And I'm trying so hard. And I want you to know I did succeed. I did succeed in being the bigger person And it took all of my strength that I could possibly muster. But so many people replied to that story and they were like, wow, I can't wait to hear about this on the pod. And so here it is. Here's the little story time. I posted an Instagram. Nope. I posted a TikTok is what I meant to say on Sunday night because I became so enraged. This wasn't a petty, not being a bigger person TikTok, I promise. Okay. Because I know that that's what it's sounding like right off the bat, but there has been this girl who's on TikTok and she makes like pop culture content and she talks about, you know, a lot of like influencers and like celebrities, the whole nine, but she's had a few videos really blow up and go viral because she rips into these big influencers and comments on their hair and their appearance and their love life. And the whole thing is so tacky and mean and gross. Like it's not it's just like, what are you doing with your life? Like, it's so gross. And a lot of the times, because those videos are so controversial, they do really, really well, right? Because she's talking about these like big influencers, they blow up. These videos blow up. And also some some of the times, like one of the influencers that she had made like really mean comments about was um, Brianna Chicken Fry and then Brianna like made a response video or something. So that I think also made a lot of people go look at this girl's account, which I mean, unfortunately, because I think then it just gives her more of an ego, but she's just awful and mean. And I was going through her videos. I've like just discovered her. Apparently she's been really going at it like this whole year. She's been making awful videos like this, but I had kind of just discovered her um, this past weekend and I saw this one video where she was like attacking an outfit that Alex Earl wore to like a football game. And it's just like, I mean, we all know how I feel about attacking someone's appearance. I've always said that if you, if that's what you're going for, first of all, are you in second grade? Second of all, I think it completely degrades any argument that you're actually trying to make. Like for instance, if you're trying to say that someone is a bad person or they've done something wrong, but instead of laying out those points, you go after their appearance. Like that's totally degrading your argument because that has nothing to do with it. Um, And I just think a lot of times it's so unnecessary and it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's so gross. But 
Um, so she makes a lot of videos like that. And in one of those videos, she had a comment that someone was like, oh, you're clearly not a girl's girl. And she made this whole response video and she was saying like, no, I'm not a girl's girl. I think we should hold men and women equally accountable. I think, you know, um, I want to treat men and women equally. I'm not going to excuse half the population just because they're women, which is just such a, no one said that. (laughs) First of all, who's, who said anything about that? So I made this whole video about what being a girl's girl means to me. And I had mentioned this creator, not by name, because I don't want people to go to her page. That's not, that's actually the polar opposite of the point. And I made this whole video where I was just saying like, cause this girl was very proud that she wasn't a girl's girl. And so I walked through it. It was literally a two and a half minute long video of me just ranting. You should go watch on my TikTok if you haven't, but I'm sure a lot of you have seen it at this point. Um, and it was, you know, for me being a girl's girl comes down to two things, as I mentioned in the video, commonality and empathy as women, we know better than anyone else, how society views and treats us. Right. Which as I say in the video, I'm like quoting myself verbatim here is inherently different than the way that society views and treats men. Now, having known that and having all women have this like lived and shared experience, why wouldn't we treat others with empathy? Why wouldn't we treat other women with empathy, knowing what we've all been through, knowing how we're treated? Like it just, to me, that doesn't make sense. It's about like supporting women, having this kind of mutual respect and mutual understanding. Um, that's kind of it. That's like the bare minimum, I think, in my opinion. Now, this video for the most part was very, very well received. Um, and a lot of, you know, there were so many women in my comment section that um, agreed with me and that felt the exact same way. And that was really, it was really, I hate posting videos that are even remotely, and I hate to even use this word political because I don't think there's anything political about treating people with empathy in my own personal opinion, but I just get this, like, I get this huge anxiety posting videos like that because people are crazy and people historically are actually insane and the internet can be scary and dangerous. And so, but I'm so passionate about these things that it's like so hard for me to resist talking about it, especially when I know what I'm talking about and I'm able to articulate it in a way that hopefully can can resonate with other people, if that makes sense. Um, but anyways, I posted that video. Like I said, it was, it was really well received, which was so nice. And I was, I was loving it and I was thriving when I woke up the next day and I saw, you know, the, the good feedback. And then I saw this one comment. Oh, I'm like getting mad about it again. I saw this one comment. I had turned off the stitches and duets on my video, which they're always on, on all of my videos. I had turned them off on this particular video because this person, this creator that I was talking about at the very beginning of my video is so horrible and so mean and so ruthless that I didn't want to give her the opportunity to stitch my video if she came across it. I didn't, why would I want to set myself up like that? I will at least try to make it that much harder for her to retaliate by turning off my stitches. Duh, literally duh. And so I get this comment. Now this comment is from a totally different girl. So this isn't about the original creator at all. I just want to make that super clear. This girl comments and she's like, it's so interesting that you turned your stitches off because clearly you're actually trying to silence women and not have a conversation. Huh? 
from the bottom of my heart, huh? And it's like me having me knowing the reason that I turned the stitches off, which was, by the way, my own prerogative. This is my video. If I don't want to hear people's feedback, that's my that's my right at the end of the day. Right. And that obviously wasn't the intent of me turning off my stitches. It was just out of self-preservation so that this mean creator wouldn't have an opportunity to do that. So I comment back and I said, wow, that's a jump because why are you jumping down my throat and saying that this is like a threat against all women? Like, did you watch the, literally, did you watch the video? I said, that's a jump. And then I said, I turned it off. So the creator I was talking about wouldn't have the opportunity to stitch. That's it. Or so I thought. Then this girl makes a response video to my comment back at her. And it's like a minute and a half long. And she's going off on how my video, I'm clearly not a girl's girl. I'm clearly a mean girl. And I want to silence this other creator who, in her words, is just critiquing influencers doing bad things, which wasn't obviously... (laughs) That's not true. She was critiquing their appearance and their hair and their love life. Like I said, like she was not, she was not making valid critiques of like their actions by any means. Um, and then she goes through the entire, she basically goes through my entire video in her video and is completely misrepresenting everything I say, completely twisting all of my words to the point where I was like, so genuinely baffled. I'm like, who is what? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, how did you watch my video and get this from it? Like you clearly have this warped perception. And that's genuinely my thought process the entire time, because I was so clear in my video. It was so straightforward and clear cut that I'm like, how did you get this from that? Genuinely. And then what happens? Because in this, in this moment, I'm like, oh my God, you're so wrong. I just want to shake you because it's, there's something so frustrating about clearly arguing your point and then having someone come back and say, well, yeah, but this isn't true because of this. And it's like, Hey, I never said that. Hey, I actually never said that. Like where, what are you doing? That's not even what I said. And she was completely like missing things that it's so infuriating. So I'm like, do I reply? Do I comment on this? Um, yes or no. Right. And I'm like, I shouldn't, I really shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. She has her Twitter linked in her, um, in her bio. I'm like, I'm like, who is this girl? I go to her Twitter guys. I can't like, this is the plot twist that probably no one was anticipating. This girl loves Andrew Tate. What? This girl loves Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, who has been arrested and charged with sex trafficking, human trafficking and rape. And she loves, she loves him and his brother. Like she's a huge fan. She has an entire fan account for him. Essentially, that's what it was. Like she loves him. She loves very old traditional um, gender roles and values. Like she thinks that a man should, should be the one in charge in the relationship. And her tweets are genuinely reflecting that. And so then it all clicks in my mind. Oh, no wonder we have very different views as to what being a girl's girl is. You genuinely hate women like you hate women. And so then it took actually everything in my power to not comment back on her video and say, yeah, given your flagrant and overt love for Andrew Tate, I'm not shocked that we have different views on this topic, but I didn't do it because, oh my God, someone who 
is obsessed with Andrew Tate, I cannot think of a more unreasonable person to be trying to argue with. That is, that person is too far gone. They are so brainwashed. They are so, so wrapped up in their own beliefs that are, in my opinion, inherently dangerous and very wrong, um, that there's no reasoning with them, which is my whole point of what I had said last week. There's no reasoning with these people. So why am I wasting my breath? So I said, you know what? I'm not going to waste my breath. At this point, her video, her response video already has five comments and they're all on her side. Guess who those comments were written by? Yeah, (laughs) men. Yeah, men. If (laughs) If your video critiquing my stance on essentially feminism and being a girl's girl is being praised by five men in the comment section... I think I've won that battle, in my opinion. I I think I've won that battle. And I was scrolling through some of her other videos and all of her comments are from men because she's just perpetuating this like fucked up idea of what guys in like the red pill Andrew Tate community think women should be. And so they're like obsessed with her and it's, oh my God, it's so gross. It's so gross. Um, Anyways, so then I blocked her. Because I was like, I know I will be obsessed with this all day. And I will be like checking the comments. Like I just need to block her and like not. And then she did comment in her comment section. And she was like, oh, and now she blocked me because anyone who doesn't agree with her clearly isn't a feminist. And I'm like, okay, that's no, you clearly, you literally love Andrew Tate. How (laughs) I can't, I really can't. Beautiful update to that is I just checked her account on my other TikTok account (laughs) and she deleted the video about me, which hopefully means that either her video made it to the right side of TikTok and people were maybe correcting her or maybe calling her out a little bit. But either way, I'm really, I'm counting that as a win. So that actually put, that put a smile on my face. Now, without further ado, after I've talked for 37 minutes, let's dive into some listener write-ins. I'm so excited. Okay, we're going to start off with a little story time. This person says, okay, so I'm completely exposing myself here. When I was 18, I got an apprenticeship at a scuba dive. Scuba? Okay, we're going to try that again. When I was 18, I got an apprenticeship at a scuba diving company. I need to know so much more about what that entails. What does an apprenticeship at a scuba diving company look like? That is so fascinating to me. Okay. It was literally a one-man business. So I was essentially this guy's assistant. He had been my instructor for a few years before that. And we knew each other from the small town life. He was almost 40 at the time. Okay. Keep in mind, this girl is 18. I'm already not loving this. Okay. Now I worked for him for a few months and we started developing feelings for each other, which I fully intended to do nothing about because I knew it was just my daddy issues and sparkles. Beautiful. And he had a long distance girlfriend of six years and I knew about her. In fact, she worked at the business with us when she came to visit and fucking hated my guts, which is fair in retrospect, but she used to get me involved in their arguments about money and would put me on the spot a lot. I just lost my spot. Um, She put me on the spot a ton and asked me to weigh in if he'd been staring at girls, etc. She also body shamed me a lot all around toxic. That's disgusting that that is just and she's a grown woman, I'm assuming. Okay, that's horrible. And I feel so bad for you. And he would come to me to complain about her. 
Okay. She says, freshly 18, just graduated high school. Yeah. No. Because what business, what business does a 40 year old man have asking an 18 year old girl for advice ever with anything? That's just, no, keep it to yourself and go on about how he wanted to leave her. We ended up sleeping together and having an affair for almost two months until I literally got the fuck out of there by booking a next day plane and going to visit family. I moved, I moved away for uni and it's been years now. I regret it so much and I can't tell her or anyone as it's a very small town and reputation matters so much. He wouldn't get any backlash. I would very sexist place. He is still with his girlfriend. I'm still in the scuba group chat because again, reputation matters and these people would ask questions. Um, if I left it. So I see regular photos of them and it makes me sick that he's such a disgusting person. I feel so sorry for her now and feel as though her toxicity was fully his fault for gaslighting her and for being an asshole all around. Uh, he's been lying to her for years about wanting kids and wanting to get married, but he doesn't and never will give that to her. And I think she should dump him and he should be alone because he is a hazard to humanity. So true. Happy ending. I've been with my now partner for over a year and he's absolutely lovely and the best person I know. He knows everything and still still accepts me. That's, oh my God. This is, okay, here's the thing. When people say, well, I guess specifically, when women say men are trash, this is what we're talking, this, this is what we're talking, a 40-year-old man. Also, with so much peace and love, you don't have to feel bad for anything. Like, that is gross. And even though you were legally an adult at the time, he had no business, no business talking to you the way that he did and showing an interest in you. Furthermore, he was your boss. That is inherently disgusting and an abuse of power. So I get why you would feel like an awful person, but you, you really do not have to, you really, really and truly do not have to. And I hope that Ugh, I, I'm sending you so much peace. I hope you are able to find peace because that guy sucks so bad and I'm glad you got out of there and I hope that you stay far away from there if you can. Okay, the next girlie needs some advice. Let's listen. I go to a small liberal arts college. Same. I'm kidding. I graduated, but I did go to a small liberal arts college and for some reason I'm in love with a guy who actually could not care less about me. <laughs> Awesome. He is extremely inconsistent and I don't think I'll ever know where I stand with him. And needless to say, he is covered head to toe in red flags. The biggest red flag though, being that he's not obsessed with you. At the end of the day, it's so important that we circle back on that. However, I can't seem to get over him. The issue, unfortunately, is that he's devastatingly hot, like genuinely probably one of the most attractive men I've ever seen in real life. Do you have any advice for moving on from someone who is quite literally the worst person for you that you're still really attracted to? He also plays hockey. I feel like that adds another layer to things. No, it actually does. It helps paint a very, very clear, vivid picture in my mind. Um, okay. As for advice to getting over it, you just have to remind yourself that he is dumb. And I mean that so seriously, because first of all, if a guy's really hot and plays hockey, he has never needed a personality a day in his life. So he probably doesn't really have one. So at the end of the day, that was never going to, that was never going to last because you obviously have a personality because you're a cool person that wrote into the podcast. So you, you must have a really good personality. And besides him being hot, there's nothing, there's just nothing there. And I, I get it. I get that that makes it like, okay, shoot, but he's literally so attractive. And it's like, okay, yeah, but there's nothing going on in between his ears. There's like nothing, there's nothing there. 
Um, even if that's not true, even if you somehow find out that he's like really, really smart and has a great personality, you just have to keep convincing yourself that he isn't. No, he's not. And also I read this somewhere or I heard this somewhere. I, I, I say I read this somewhere. I probably heard it in a TikTok, but and I forget who said it. So my bad, but it's essentially like finding out that a guy's not into you should become the biggest ick to you. And that is so true because what about him? He's either not intelligent enough to understand how great of a person you are, right? Or he's not at a place in his life where he wants to take you seriously. Both of those things, gross, inherently icky, inherently we're moving on because that's not worth, he's not worth your time in any capacity. And I think girls so often do this where like they place the guy that they're into on like this pedestal because it's like oh my god he's so hot and he's so cool and he like does and it's like you have to remember that you are also so hot and so cool he is not above you you are equals okay and then then you also have to (laughs) I'm like you're equals but also you're above him um but you know what I mean you have to remember the good qualities that you bring you bring to the table and if he can't see those And it's also, it's so important to remember that like, for the most part, anything college guys do is just don't take it personally. They are not, they're just not where you, you're at mentally growth wise. They have, (laughs) and that's scientific. They are so, their, their maturity is so far behind ours. And that's part of it too, is like for for girls it's like okay this like logically can we just be adults here and for them it's like no we just actually can't and that's always such a hard pill to swallow um but I think just remember that don't take anything that he does personally because frankly he's not worth it um but also because he he hasn't acquired the same amount of brain cells as you do if you're a neuroscientist don't come for me I know that's not actually how it works but that is the point. I hope this helped. I think I just rambled for a while, but um, I hope there was some some shred of something useful in that ramble for you. Okay, next up we have another story time. Back in high school, my freshman year, I started talking to this guy from another school about an hour away from mine. Let's call him Noah. We met at a sports event originally, and I really thought he was so cute. My mom drove me to town halfway between the both of us where there was a Dunkin'. Literally so classic. You met at a Dunkin' Donuts. I love that. And Noah met us there. My mom dropped me off and said she'd be back to pick me up at 8. Noah and I go into Dunkin' and order... And I order a super cute fun fall drink and he orders his and pays. So far, so good. Then as we're waiting for our drinks to be made, he tells me that he's been waiting for a girl like me and he loves me. What? (laughs) What? And I am instantly just bamboozled. Yeah, girl, you and me both. What does that mean? I've known him for a few months. Yes, there might be a spark. Sorry. Yes, there might be a spark, but I didn't just think our relationship was this intense just yet fast forward to us leaving Duncan I get in his car and first ick is he has no cup holders what am I supposed to do hold my Duncan seems sus that's so niche but okay and he has no aux cord the radio dot 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 ew he's parked behind okay girl let's go back to him love bombing you not the fact that he doesn't have cup holders (laughs) 
Ew. He's parked right next to a curb and turns his steering wheel all the way to the left and backs up, causing his passenger wheel to go over the curb. My Duncan does a 360 tornado swirl in my cup. And his excuse is, gosh, you make me nervous. I'm sorry. Should I even be in a moving vehicle with you? (laughs) No, that's so valid, actually. That is so valid. We start driving to his house where he is going well over the speed limit and physically I feel like I'm going to pass away while going 80 miles per hour down a mountain road yeah that's not okay what is it with guys thinking it's impressive driving actually so inordinately fast that is just scary at the end of the day I text my mom and say hey I'm really uncomfortable and I need you to call me in 10 minutes with a reason to get him to drive me back to Duncan she she asked if I'm okay and I said just fucking call me please classic We get to his house and he starts showing me his lizards and and his fish tank, basically his collection of amphibians. What the literal F is going on? My mom calls me as he's asking me to come to his room. Great timing. She is panicking on the phone saying, your grandma fell and your grandpa can't get her up. We need to go home ASAP. She needs to go to the hospital. I told him that my grandma broke her hip and he needed to take me back to Duncan ASAP. Car ride was an absolute fever dream back to Duncan and I never spoke to him after that. I used my alive and thriving grandmother as an excuse to get back to get out of a date that gave me the ick and honestly I'm not sorry about it and my now husband went to the same school as him and makes fun of me to this day that I ever went on a date with so-called Noah that is hilarious not the amphibians that's so scary you're so brave I hope you know that you're literally so brave it's so important that we remember that Okay, we have another story time here. Or is this advice? Let's see. This is okay. The last one, she's asking for advice, but it's also kind of a story time. Let's dive into it. I started working at a company, at the company that I work at now, two years ago after I graduated college. When I first started, I met with each executive individually, you know, trying to get to know the company's leadership and all that. There was one exec I met that we'll call Eric. He's the CEO's brother. Okay. Okay, Eric, pop off. Eric was everything I've ever wanted in a man. Genuinely kind, hardworking, generous, and ridiculously attractive. Except he was married and also 14 years older than me, which was all fine. I never expected myself to actually get with this man. Oh my God. What is with you guys and hooking up with your bosses? What is with this? Okay, I'm not judging you though. This is very much a safe space. I hope you know that. Okay, um... But I guess I looked at him as a good reference for the type of man I'd like to marry one day. He was always talking about his wife and baby and seemed like just the perfect husband and father. I had the type of crush on him where I knew he was totally out of my reach and impossible to be with. So it was harmless. Okay, fine. We get that. Um, Well, there was a work party we went to in October of last year. And let's just say I was in a really bad place mentally. Not that that's an excuse. Okay. I had just gone through a breakup and then my aunt died unexpectedly. I'm really sorry. That's really, really hard. That's really hard. Um, I hope you're doing better now. I had just uh, but a bit. I had just gotten back from the funeral when this party was happening and me and my friends got super fucked up. I got so fucked up that I found myself in Eric's Uber on the way home. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I told him I wanted to go home so we could just add my apartment as a stop on the ride. So me and Eric are talking in the back of this Uber. The next thing I know, we're holding hands. We get to my apartment and as I get out to say goodbye, he gets out with me. I'm not going to lie. I wanted him. Okay, why is this literally a romance novel? I'm on the edge of my seat, quite literally. I didn't tell him that, of course. I told him to go home because he'd be a piece of shit to cheat on his wife. Good for you. 
Then he kissed me and essentially we ended up in my bed after about three hours together and he finally left and went home. Okay. Okay. I woke up the next morning feeling absolutely awful, like the scum of the earth. We talked about it and apologized to each other and both agreed to not let it ruin our work relationship. From there, we basically acted like nothing happened. Fast forward a few months ago, my boss gets fired. Oh my God, my head is spinning. Okay, guess who takes over my department? Eric, not Eric. Eric is my boss. He's been my boss for like three months now. It's been fine besides the fact that he's still trying to get with me. No. Mind you, his wife just had another baby back in April, coincidentally, the, a day after my birthday. He knew she was pregnant with their second child when he slept with me. Eric, you piece of shit. Oh my God. Gross. Okay. Anyway, I'm hooking up with this other guy that I work with. Girl with peace and love. There are other guys that don't work at your place of employment. I promise you. They exist. And no, he's not married. Check, 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 check. We had another work party last week and I went home with Jeremy on the way home. Um, oh, I didn't say that this guy's name is Jeremy. I don't think I'm hooking up with this guy that I work with. Who's actually my age. We'll call him Jeremy. Okay. I got texts from Eric asking me to meet up with him after the party. Jeremy ended up seeing the text. Oh my God. No. And asked me what he was talking about. I had no idea what to say. So I made up some stupid, stupid excuse to cover it up that I don't even remember. I don't think he fully believes that nothing happened between me and Eric. I really like Jeremy and I'm not sure what to do now. I feel like I should come clean to him, but nobody knows about Eric and I. Sorry, this is so long, but I feel like I needed, you needed all this context. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Love you and the podcast so much. Um, sister, 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 you, wow. Let's just take a step back here. Okay. You really like Jeremy and you're not sure what to do now. How much do you really like Jeremy? Because I'm like, is this worth it? Because if you tell Jeremy about you and Eric, you don't know who Jeremy's going to tell. And that could be really complicated. And Eric is now your boss. And unfortunately, because of, well, society, Eric is not the one that's going to look bad in that situation. Not that you, and I'm that is wrong. And that is inherently wrong. Let me just say that. But Eric is in a position of power. What is with these men abusing their positions of power? God, this podcast episode just made me sick to my stomach. This is gross. This is so, so gross. I literally hate Eric. He sucks so bad. Um, I don't know if you should tell Jeremy. I really don't think that's the best course of action. Just because we don't know, we don't know who Jeremy has, you know, allies with. We don't know who he's allies with. We don't know where his allegiances lie. You know what I mean? There's so much that's up in the air there. I don't think you should tell Jeremy until you guys, if you guys end up getting really serious, maybe. But I would really wait on that one because I just don't think that's information you should be sharing with people that you work with. Um, again, it, that's fucked up because I think you should like you should have the option to tell the guy that you're seeing about it but I, I think there's too there's too many crossed wires here um and also oh my god I can't believe Eric is your boss now like are you okay genuinely are you okay and Eric can you like this is not, this is really not okay. Guys, I'm stressed. Can we, what about HR? What about an HR department? Because the fact that Eric, or you just have to really sit down with Eric and say, listen, or block his number. Can you block Eric's number? Is he, 
contacting you for reasons that actually pertain to work because if he's not block his number because that is so inappropriate that he's still trying to um reach out to you and everything like that's no we're not doing that and he needs to know that and he so maybe if you block him he'll like get the picture but that is so not okay I can't believe he became your boss literally what are the odds of that and again I go back to you saying that you felt like you were the scum of the earth you're not also Eric is the one that has he's the one that owes his wife something you don't owe like that's he's the one that has a responsibility and an obligation to her that's not on you also he is your boss even when he wasn't your boss he was an executive at your company he's the one that should never have put you in a situation like that you are in my opinion completely exempt because that's not fair that's not an okay position to put one of your employees in at all ever But my uh, honest to God opinion is really, really way out if you like Jeremy or if Jeremy is just there. I've talked about this before with liking guys that you work with. Do you actually like them or are they just in the place where you see them all the time? Really ask yourself that question. And I would really, really urge you to um, pursue guys that don't work where you work because then then we can just avoid this going further. But at this point, I wouldn't tell people about you and Eric. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the move until you can a hundred percent trust Jeremy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Everything's going to be okay. Literally everything's going to be okay. Um, also, have you considered looking for jobs in other places? I'm being serious. I'm being so serious. Maybe just get out of there. I feel like that would be helpful to just kind of remove yourself from the situation. Not that you should have to do that though. That's, oh my God, it's just like a big circle, but I'm keeping you in my thoughts and prayers, sister. I I hope you are able to navigate your way through that one. You are so brave. It's so important that we all remember how brave everyone is always. Anyways, I think that's where we're going to wrap up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I look forward to chatting with you next week. Make sure to keep an eye out on Instagram so you can write into more specific story episodes. Um, And I will chat with you soon. Bye.